Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh my God, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Welcome to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan, and we're back after quite a long break. Apologies that it's been a while. I certainly didn't intend for it to be that long, but as you know, there have been many extenuating circumstances in the world that have precluded being able to do a new episode recently. And even though there aren't things happening on the track, it actually has seemed busier than ever with a seemingly daily avalanche of news to edit, report, and write for NBCSports.com. And, of course, lots of iRacing to cover as well. And that's the topic of today's episode with the same guest we had most recently on the NASCAR and NBC podcast's last episode. And Parker Kligerman was very well received on that last appearance, and he's always a great guest to have. So he and I were discussing the Twitch phenomenon via text during last Saturday's IndyCar iRacing Challenge race, and I said, hey, how about we just write a story about this together? And then I thought, well, let's just do a story from a podcast. So here's my conversation with Parker. In the first 10 minutes, you'll hear us discuss the ideas he has for Twitch and real-world NASCAR, which I think are pretty cool. And then we'll move on to everything that's happened with NASCAR and iRacing in the last six weeks, which, of course, is a lot. We also look ahead to Talladega and what the future of the Pro Invitational Series might hold. And a look back at Parker's history in iRacing as well. Now, a note before we get started, this is the first time I've taped a podcast using Zoom. And I was fairly pleased The audio actually turned out better than with podcast conversations I've taped over the phone in the past, but my mic wasn't as perfect as I would have liked. So if Parker and I sound slightly different, that's why, and I'll work on that for the next time. And now that I've had a trial run with Zoom, I feel confident about doing more of these in the future. Hopefully we can get the NASCAR NBC podcast back on a more regular schedule. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Parker Kligerman. Parker, thanks again for being here. Sure thing, bud. Thanks for having me. It's good yeah. to see your face again. Uh, yeah, it's good to see yours as well. And it's good to see you in the sim rig, which is, again, apropos given the topic yeah. that we'll be discussing today. I've, I never thought this sim rig would become uh, so valuable in terms of like doing work. But I've done like a ton of Zoom calls in here and everything because the mic is best in this headset. The camera is good. Like, it's just set up for this. I don't like working in here, though, because like, that's really hard. But doing these things, uh, I find it's best. So it just oddly works out. 
How much time per day are you spending in that sim rig these days? Not as much as like maybe the first week or two. I've slowly just started limiting my practice. Like Richmond for this past weekend, I probably practiced the least I did for any of the pro invitationals, but I ran the best. And I tried to make my practice just mean more. So like when I did it, I did some more concentrated practice. But I've kind of got my schedule down of doing like a couple races in the week. And most of them I don't practice for in the pro, besides the rally and the pro invitational uh, on Sunday. And then, you know, just do those and try to... My girlfriend will tell you though that this replaced her. So um, <laughs> that Jimmy. all I do is be in here. But my, I also have my desk in here, which is like my office, and I do a lot of work over there. So I just get stuck in this room, and I never leave. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that Shani has gotten her due, though, being on yes. screen a few times during uh, your nationally broadcast iRacing performances. So uh, Yeah, and, and her, her Emmy. Yes. Was, uh, all the rage. <laughs> Yeah, if people were wondering who the Emmy uh, belonged to that was in Parker's <laughs> background, that belonged to his girlfriend. So, um, exactly. Great work, Shani. So uh, this is a sequel, in, in a sense, Parker, to the last podcast we did. Uh, you were the last guest on the NASCAR and NBC podcast a, wow. a month ago, uh, and I appreciate you being on. It was very well received, and of course, we talked iRacing at that point, and we had no idea how prescient that discussion would become within nope. like a week of taping it. That was when essentially NASCAR launched the Pro Series Invitational, and just wanted to get you back on here and talk about some of those things. I wanted to start out by talking about something that you had tweeted to me actually during the IndyCar iRacing Challenge at Mategi this past Saturday. You were talking about you're watching the Twitch streams while watching the broadcast, NBCSN, all the driver Twitch streams, and you were talking about how it complements the broadcasts so well and we I, i've heard the same reaction on social i've heard media members i've heard fans say it can this be replicated this idea of being able to follow drivers via twitch streams and be able to hear what all of them are saying at once kind of burnish the race broadcast do you think that's something knowing you're the sim racing the twitch experts so to speak can we can that be extrapolated into real life for NASCAR and IndyCar once real racing comes back? So I, I think it can. And I, I've been on this for probably five, six years since I got into the broadcast side of the business, which was my first question was always like, hey, why can't we have in-car cameras in every car? And then Formula One found a way to kind of do it. And a lot of the times, the, you know, in recent years, and I've dealt with a lot of people in the broadcast realm, you know, there's a lot of technology that goes into that to do it on the broadcast side. And it's really expensive. And... One of the things I think we've been missing as a opportunity has been, you know, thinking like maybe that's solely for the broadcast and what this is exposed with the Twitch streams in connection with the actual linear TV broadcast is that, you know, these are just being put up by the drivers themselves willing to do it. Right. And it offers this sort of inside little view. It's not great for watching the whole race, but just seeing their little view and seeing their chat. And so I thought, you know, wait a second, maybe the way forward in terms of getting a camera in every car is that you go to the teams and you say, look, we're going to allow this. You're allowed to stream it to this certain place and this is what's going to happen, but you buy it. You own it. This is your camera and you control it and you do whatever you want with it um, and put it on whatever Twitch or Facebook gaming or Mixer or whatever you want to put it on. And what I think would you know help the tv side of that is then you'd have this flush of content that we don't always have you see a wreck happen in 32nd place and we don't have a camera on it we miss it right and they don't have an onboard camera well now you would have that chance and you're not even having to fund it so i think the sport could think about it in a way that isn't degrading the tv broadcast it's not taking anything from the tv 
partners financially, but it's almost adding content that they maybe wouldn't have had before. And these, I think the other way you look at it is, you know, in eNASCAR, the Coca-Cola series, we have drivers who like to stream on Twitch, but we also have in the broadcast, they'll pick about six to eight drivers that will be, have their camera for the actual in-race broadcast for the, for the broadcast. So then they can't stream on Twitch. We get those about a week ahead. So then we know, all right, one of our drivers is not going to be able to stream on Twitch because they'll be one of the in cars in the race. So I think we could do a very similar thing in real life. Hey, look, if Bush beer pays for the onboard camera of Kevin Harvick on NBC uh, for the Pocono race, he's not allowed to do his Twitch stream, but then for weeks that he's not, why not? You know, mm-hmm. he's paying for the camera. He's got it. Boom, boom, boom. So I think, uh, I think it, it's something where we talk all the time about wanting to get younger viewers, wanting to get them to watch this, get involved. Why not go to where they are with even just a slice of the content that they would find familiar from the gaming side and uh, hopefully give them some interest in racing. So what kind of feedback, you know, you mentioned this has been a bit of a crusade here for a few years. <laughs> what kind yeah. of feedback or perhaps the better word might be pushback have you gotten so far? What, what are the reasons um, this hasn't happened yet? Financial, I say yeah. so, you know, and I don't want like people to go on here and be like, oh, you know, the TV partners don't want to pay for it or these guys don't want to pay for it. It's not that it's, it's a massive infrastructure change is what I've understood that mm-hmm. right. it's just so large and not sure that it's worth, you know, there's not a value there to it, that it's a massive undertaking. And I know Formula One was able to do it, but that's only 20 cars. You know, if you think about NASCAR, we've got upwards of uh, 35 cars every week. You've got you know, three different series, you know, so how you go about making that happen, I think is a tough thing. But if it was something that was put on the teams and they were able to sell it and they were able to fund it themselves and, and run that as their own side of media, um, then I think it's something that's far more feasible if it's, you know, cameras that are not always broadcast to linear TV, but they're just broadcasting the internet. So I think that's possible. I know there's, uh, there's mentions of like, uh, one thing that's come up is like 5G. I know that's been mentioned to me and I'm like, whoa, don't make my head spin. So, uh, I don't understand all that, but I just know, I know it's been discussed and there's a lot of people who want to make it happen and maybe this could be the way. And you and I both agree that like, it just offers a point of view that just isn't out there. It's so cool. Yeah. And I feel like now that it's out there in the world, it, people have become so accustomed to it. If you're one of the nearly 1 million people who have been watching the NASCAR races on Fox and FS1 the iRacing events the last five weeks, you've gotten used to it. And I think like there's an expectation there now. And IndyCar, same thing with the iRacing Challenge on NBCSN. Is it as simple, Parker, as in the technology infrastructure? This is where I'm in, I get my, in a really deep water, but would it be just like as simple as just putting a camera in and just having it be like a Twitch camera and a sim rig, but just in a car? Would it work like I- that? So this is where it gets to the technology side. There's been uh, discussions like where there isn't enough data that you can tap into or, you know, enough lines or cell service or whatever it is to be able right. to do that live. Because I've mentioned, I'm like, why don't we live stream these? Like, what am I, before the Twitch thing came about, you know, last year I was talking to someone in the industry and I said, like, what if would be so cool is all these guys have, all these drivers have huge followings, guys and girls have huge followings on Twitter or Instagram. So I'm like, hey, what if their in-car camera streamed to their Twitter or Instagram? So like the race goes live, boom, this pops up. There's your in-car camera being exposed to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that might not be watching TV and have the ability to kind of, you know, go viral and that sort of stuff. So I thought about it in that sense. And a lot of times it was brought up like, yeah, that's a cool idea. But the service infrastructure in terms of the data being able to actually get from the camera inside the car 
out of there at high enough quality and all that stuff is apparently pretty tough. But I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And if there's a way to bring it, not just put the onus on the TV partners and the series, but to say to the teams, hey, you know, maybe you guys want to invest in this and it's yours, you know, that sort of thing. I think that's something that could move it forward. And, and I'd love to see happen because I just, I really think you do that and you give people this inside view. I know we've had like, you know, you can go to the product that NASCAR's had and you can get like four onboards, right? You basically can watch the onboards that we have on the TV broadcast, but live stream the entire time and from their view. But I just can't imagine if you had the ability where every driver in that field had an onboard camera and you could tap in and your fans could be following and interacting with it and winning prizes and doing things and have this on the side of watching on the TV broadcast. I just think that would be incredible for motorsports and something that we could do that other sports could. Yeah, hugely beneficial supplement. And we've seen how it's worked in this new iRacing era that we've been thrust into the last few weeks. Now, lots of good from that era. As I mentioned, huge viewership for Fox FS1, great viewership on NBCSN as well for IndyCar, but obviously a couple of downsides. And I wanted to get your take on the fact that via Twitch, like we've had a couple of controversies involving drivers. One, the infamous Bubba Wallace rage quitting and losing a sponsor. And then, you know, that even seems just tame now compared to what happened with Kyle Larson, of course, used a racial slur during a practice event, getting ready for a practice race or or something. And unfortunately, resulted in pull out of all his sponsors and and losing his ride at Chip Ganassi Racing. Just want to get your thoughts on both of those things, Parker. As someone who's so immersed in iRacing for so long, was that something you thought was in the realm of possibility? Were you worried about something like that possibly happening as as you had all these drivers on or like something that kind of came out of the blue? The short answer is yes, I have been worried about it because I'll, I'll say in just our own uh, experience on the eNASCAR side is, you know, with a lot of our the competitors that stream, the other problem is you have people who are streaming while they're in a Discord chat, TeamSpeak chat with their friends who don't know they're streaming so we've had we've seen issues with that, and so I think it's something that, as an industry, we continually, you know, on the esports side, have to evaluate because, you know, just with my friends, you know, if I'm streaming, and we now all have in our Discord rooms rooms you go into when you're streaming, so they know if they go in there and they start talking to you, what they say is going to be streamed. You know, that's some of the protections we're putting in just as fail safes because. You just never know, right? It's the internet. You know, what's the old adage on, you know, when you're a young kid and you're first getting the internet and your parents are like, hey, be mindful who you're talking to. Don't give out information. You know, you're on the internet. It goes everywhere. So I have been worried about that. I think it's one of the unfortunate ramifications of all this access, right? If you have a camera and a microphone on you and it's being, it can be broadcast to millions of people around the world, you know, you have to be careful about what you say and do. And I think that it's going to continually as an industry in the esports, it's going to get better. There's going to be more things like letting people know that you are streaming, uh, that these streams are happening, that you are live broadcasting this stuff. And, and I think that's going to, you know, be better for it overall. But at the end of the day for the drivers are doing this, I would say what 99% have not had an issue. They're funny. They're interactive. I've swore a couple times on my own stream. I get yelled at. My mom texts me like, don't swear. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I know, damn it. I'm sorry. But I'm like in the middle of a race and I get in race mode and suddenly this guy cuts me off and I'm like, ah, and you know, you forget, but it's public life. You're in the public eye when you're doing this. So you just have to be the person you would be in front of a TV camera and, you know, but try and give people a little bit more, you know, of who you are. And that's the insight. You're letting them into your home. So that's going to be a tough thing for everyone involved. But I, I hope people can see that there is ways to be smarter about it. There's ways to be, 
you know, to do this and not put yourself in trouble. And um, hopefully it continues because I think it's a really, I see so many people that on my Twitch streams and other Twitch streams are like, this is so cool to see these real race car drivers and be able to see in their home and see them wheeling the car the way they would and, and doing this and interacting with people. And I saw Dale doing it the other day and he was, he got done with his race and just started chatting with people. And I mean, who gets that opportunity, Dale and her junior ever? Yeah. So I, I just think it's a really cool thing. I love the fact that your mom is paying rapt attention yeah. to what you're doing as well. <laughs> yeah, she's a big Connor Daly fan, I discovered. So I like Connor Daly. <laughs> hey, who <Daly>. isn't these days? <laughs> I know. I told, I told, I've been texting Connor like, man, you really got to run this thing. You could be huge on this deal. And it's so funny. And my mom was, he was, I was in a chat with him when we were doing the rally race. I and mean, she was watching mine, but she could hear him. She was like, that Connor Daly is the funniest guy around. And I was like, oh, I know, that's, that's him. So <laughs> He's, uh, he's one of the funniest race drivers in the world, and he could easily be a comedian if he wanted to. But I think he could definitely help you know, his real racing career by blowing up that Twitch and maybe uh, parlaying a little bit. When real racing returns, Parker, and it sounds as if the ice is certainly beginning to melt on that front, and NASCAR is talking about being back as early as mid-May, certainly by late May, it sounds like they want to do the 600. Where do you see uh, iRacing after that, there's been some, some discussion about, you know, will the Pro Invitational Series continue? Obviously, the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola Series will continue and has a ton of traction now because of the past month and a half. But do you think, and have there been any discussions? I mean, you've got your finger on the pulse of this stuff. Are you privy to any of this? Any movement on that front about doing more Pro Invitational stuff after racing comes back? Well, I think it's definitely been discussed. I know, you know, that People have thought of ways to do it. I think the toughest thing is you you get back into where, and especially with what we are hearing about schedules and such for the way we're going to real race is just simply time. You know, I mean, so many of these guys like Denny Hamlin and Logano and Kozlowski and Harvick and uh, you name it, Chris Busher. I mean, all these cup drivers have put a ton of time in this. Kyle Busch, you know, I don't foresee them wanting to put that kind of time in, right? Because I yeah. think, you know, especially um, for some that haven't had as much fun with it. And, and, you know, once they get back real racing, it kind of, it this is scratching that itch for now to go racing. You know, I think for some, they probably will say, you know, that was fun and cool, but I'm, I'm glad to be back to real stuff. I think it would be cool to see it in some capacity, maybe really light, you know, maybe like one a month or one every two months. Something mm -hmm. like that, big event, really cool. I think that would be really fun. Um, I liked what Roger Penske said to Dale Jr. on the Dale Jr. download, which was, we have to be very hesitant about oversaturating with iRacing stuff. And I agree wholeheartedly. I think we probably hit it. You know, just from all of us drivers, talking to Connor Daly and talking to other drivers, we're being pulled and asked to do a thousand different leagues and a thousand different things. And, and I think it just gets a little bit overloaded. And that's, that's the funny part about all esports is – you have this, this openness that allows anyone to make any competition they want, right? So everyone can make their own version of NASCAR or Formula One, which is cool, and it's great, and it gets so many people involved. But then at the same time, it can actually degrade from the right. top-level stuff we're trying to do. So it's, it's a funny balance, and you just got to try and find that and try and see where that is. But you mentioned eNASCAR. The bleed-over from the pro stuff has been huge. We hit every race since the pro stuff has started has set a new viewership record online. Uh, Calling with this last Tuesday was over half a million live viewers, wow. uh, which was pretty nuts across Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and eNASCAR.com. So it's grown. A month ago, we were saying 180,000 average, and now right. we've gone over half a million. Yeah. So it's more so, than doubled. Just, yep. You know, wow. It's That's... been insane. So I think it would be cool to see that, you know, some, I don't expect all that stay around. Look, we're the only thing happening right now, but I think if you, even if a small percentage of that uh, sticks around, it'd be really cool. And I, I think 
that Halo series has gotten a ton more respect from people in the industry. All those drivers have helped so many of the cup drivers and cup teams get into iRacing over this period, help them get better. So I think there's a lot more respect for that series going forward. And so hopefully, you know, we'll see that continue. And I, I love, you know, we'll find that middle ground of whatever it is with the pro invitational side and the main Halo series for the sim racers. But definitely just as Roger Pensy said, we need to be, you know, mindful of not oversaturating. The captain certainly uh, made great points there, as always. And uh, your friend of mine, Jeff Gluck, also wrote this week that he's kind of done with iRacing <laughs> and covering it as, as Was he as ever into it? I know. I, I think he, <laughs> he kind of fooled himself or tried to, was trying to trick himself into believing he was into it. But, like, he does make a good point, and you kind of just made it as well, that, like, there is, again, oversaturation. Maybe the novelty has worn off a little bit. That said... I was just looking at the Richmond viewership numbers, and yes, they're down a little bit from Bristol and Texas, but they're still above Homestead. You still had close to a million viewers. So I just wanted to get your take on that. Like, where do you think the Richmond race was in terms of entertainment consumption? I know there was some talk about there was too much politics. There was too much trying to figure out how many cars need to be in. Like, what was your take on all of it? Well, I, I feel like iRacing's in a tricky spot with all that because there's definite data that they have that backs up. Hey, look, if you have this many cars in a race, it causes X amount of cautions. I mean, they have all this stuff, right? So they can look at that. And then they're trying to balance people who have been major supporters of iRacing versus guys that are just jumping in right now versus big names that you want for the viewership side. So I, I think all of that stuff's really tough. I'm excited for Talladega this weekend because everyone gets in. So we're just going to go. We're going to go mess it up or you know mess around with 40 cars basically and have a great time. It's going to be awesome. But I think Richmond um, you know, was in the end a good show. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was my best run. So I thought I had a chance to win. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. But uh, I watched it back and I thought it's a good show. And I think Fox has done a great job of balancing you know, entertainment and fun versus taking it seriously. And you got Mike Joy who's having a lot of fun with it. And Clint Boyer's like, hey, look, I'm doing this. It's really hard. These guys are really good. You know, this is what they're good at. This is what relates to real life. And I think all that stuff is super cool. One of the coolest things from the metrics, so you mentioned the viewership, the 18 to 49, you know, metrics of like how many viewers are there and that's grown steadily. And then also, you know, when you looked at that Homestead one, it was like some massive number that had never watched NASCAR, you know, and I thought that was super cool. So I, I think for the NASCAR brand, it's done good things. iRacing, obviously, it's done big things. I'm in a driver chat with a lot of them, and, and you get you get an idea of who's enjoying it, who's not. But overall, I'd say the consensus, even for the ones that aren't enjoying it, is, hey, look, this is fun and cool to do for our fans. And we're glad to do this because we know the fans want some entertainment out there in this time. And so why not dedicate a little bit of time, do this, I racing thing and see how it turns out. So we'll hopefully get past the politics. So I, I, uh, I thought that was a little unfortunate for people to feel that way. And there's no doubt it, they're all in a trick position, but I think in the end they found a good mix. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about like that 18 to 49 demo, which is one of the highly coveted ones by sponsors, certainly across the board, you're right. I, I think I saw something today that that's grown every race, that 18 to 49 segment. So that's definitely a good sign. Talladega, you mentioned Talladega. My first question is, can you run without plates? On iRacing or without, <laughs> without the spacer? <laughs> so we yeah. had, they had the actual cup package in there for Talladega. That was what Landon Castle's race was at Monza, basically. Well, he <laughs> wanted to be because if you run the old COT car, uh -huh. you can go to Daytona, Talladega, and Monza, and there's no plate. It's full 850 horsepower, and you're doing 250 miles an hour, 240 miles an hour. It's absolute madness. Um, fun. <laughs> we, Landon and I, we, I was like, man, we got to do that Daytona, like, 
do a real race, like Daytona 500, 40 cars, no plates, and just be like, hey, this is what it would look like because it is wild and you're breaking and you're sliding all over the track and actually driving Daytona and Talladega like real tracks. But I think this weekend will be fun. It's going to be bump drafting like you've seen before. If we have, if we do anything like the eNASCAR guys do, we'll be three wide, four, five, six rows deep. It's going to be madness. The biggest thing that we have to be uh, conscious of, and it's just the realities of racing on the internet, is the net code. So there is times where you you don't quite get away with things you get away with in real life and times you get away with more than you would in real life and it's just understanding you know how much you can really push it with the net code and that sort of thing about being so close to each other but i think it's gonna be an awesome show and hopefully we put on the best one there is and we get jeff gluck to excite again so we'll see (laughs) i'll do my best to get him on board so net code because that came up in indycar as well at motegi essentially that kind of refers to like internet Speed, lag, connection, that kind of thing? So, well, net code is basically, it's the prediction model for what cars are doing versus, ah, right? Gotcha. So you're considered the host car, right? When you're like your car and your car, that's the host of your, your computer. And then every other car is considered like a client, right? And basically, well, there's a server too, but essentially they're clients to you and you're taking in their data as your computer pushes out your data. And the net code is basically deciphering all that to figure out where a car is on track, what it's doing, what it's showing. There is instances where the prediction model can get a little bit, I guess, clogged or just get a little off on each other. And one of the things, one of the moments we had was Texas with myself and John Hunter Nemechek, where we wrecked running for third in the last couple laps of that race. And I actually touched a bump on the bottom of the, of the track. And my car kind of went up a little bit. And the prediction and the net code thought, we were way closer. It attached us together. We ended up wrecking. Wow. When you look at the replay, we still had half a foot between each other. Ah, That's Netco. Huh. So it happens. It is the reality. I mean, you cannot believe. If you were to go drive what we were racing back in 2005 and 2003 – and the net codes and what we used to watch cars do and think it was super realistic to what we have now, it would boggle your mind how good it is now. It is unbelievable where it is. But yeah. even in even the top esports in the world, like Fortnite and such, you're still going to have elements of, oh, the internet did that wrong. The internet did that wrong. That's just the internet. What you see is what you get is what it sounds yeah. like. Uh, and yeah. that's, as we know, maybe 5G. Yeah, maybe 5G. 5G will fix it. Yep. All right. So I want to leave you with one last thing, give you a chance to talk about something that came up from Steve Myers, who of course is a, a major domo at iRacing and has been active on Twitter and I think deserves a lot of credit for everything that's happened for the last six weeks. And uh, we were very proud of you. I think I can say that on behalf of everybody at NASCAR and NBC for the way you performed at Richmond, the way you've been doing all, all the way through it. But somebody Somebody asked Steve, how did Parker get in the race? He's not a full-time cup driver. And Steve Myers defended your your honor uh, very forthrightly on Twitter, Parker, and basically said, hey, if it wasn't for Parker Clearman, the sim never happens at NBCSN. I think he's referring to NASCAR America and everything there. I just don't want to give you a chance to explain that shout out from Steve Myers and the backstory of your involvement with iRacing, with the simulator on NASCAR America, you know, how that led to you being so heavily involved now, just all of it. Well, I, first of all, Steve was overly gracious by, by giving me those props. I don't know if I had that much to do with it, but I've just been a huge supporter of this for a long time, right? And because of that, I've become friends with Steve Myers and a lot of the iRacing guys and just been really just I've never really asked them for anything other than just to say hey thanks for letting me be a part of this and thanks for have this amazing sim and you know when we when we made Burton Cleveland Esports and they brought in teams in the NASCAR Coca-Cola series part of why we 
were able to get that was I was very much involved with the conversation saying, you know, I think this is something that should happen. How can I help? You know, that sort of thing. And then eventually I was like, Hey, wait a second, can I have one? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think, you know, it, it's been something that's just been more labor of love for me to, to support iRacing. And so when this whole pro invitational came around and, and literally the, the day that Atlanta got canceled, I was on a, a email thread with a couple people from the industry, including Steve and saying, Hey, how can we, make a pro race it was really at the beginning of it. But I think what he's talking about is, and what a lot of people don't realize is that when we brought that sim on the NASCAR America many years ago, you know, that was at the time really ahead of the game, right? We I mean, were trying that, take, that was like what, 2014? Yeah. I think we're we were trying, years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2014, 2015, we were trying to take a video game and put it on TV and make it look cool and realistic and everything and not a video game simulation but you know for the first time Owen was really doing that so that was really innovative and it took a lot of effort from iRacing side to NBC side and a lot of people involved to be able to say all right how do we do this how do we make it look best how do we get the broadcast to match up all these things and that just started a body of work that spiraled to eventually putting on those races we did last year with the NASCAR guys and eventually the championship finale, which was a whole nother thing that really pushed us all to the next level of understanding how to do broadcasts with this and, and to put it on TV. So that eventually led to iRacing building an actual production studio or a control room in their new offices. And so, you know, I think that I was probably a more of a nuisance maybe through a lot of that in terms of pushing NBC to do it. So, and, you know, trying to push us to do things that maybe weren't quite, everyone's like, this is impossible. Like we got to do it. But, you know, I I think they're very gracious to to give me that credit. And it really comes down to though, the talented people they have and iRacing making a great product that was ready for prime time. You know, they were, they were up to the challenge. And so I was just the, uh, the lucky bystander. Yeah. Well, they certainly seized the moment and were ready for that opportunity. However dark the moment was, unfortunately that, that caused it to arise. But I I think you deserve a ton of credit, obviously Jeff Benke at NBC sports group and the work he does with deserves credit. I mean, John Barnes, Sean Page, Brett Castelluccio, who were involved heavily in NASCAR and NBC production, Jen, the director, whose name I'm forgetting, all of them deserve like a ton of credit because you're right, those broadcasts last year on NASCAR America, and Fox has done a great job, but I feel like the template was set, especially the season finale last year. If you knew the calls we were on in terms of trying to figure out what computer was doing what and who was doing this and the, the wires that were crossing, and it was, it was a wild time. But, you know, when we were able to do it and they worked out very well, it was like, all right, we can do this, you know? So I, I think that, as you mentioned, there were so many more people than just even myself and Iris. I mean, way more people, you know, there's Jeff Banky and everyone at NBC and John Barnes and everyone who made it happen. So it's been a huge undertaking to get this stuff on TV. And then, but it was ready when Fox came and said, hey, can we do this presentational stuff? So I think it's remarkable how quickly it's all happened and snowballed. But hopefully we can keep up the momentum as an industry and hopefully people will stick around and be excited and, you know, this is something that uh, I'll continue to support whether they do stick around or not. So I love it. And uh, I'm in it for the long haul. Certainly glad to hear that because again, you've played a big role in getting it to where it is today and we're making the best of it in these difficult times. I know. Um, as always, man, I appreciate you uh, joining me. Next time, I think uh, I'm sure you and your brother have discussed uh, negative oil prices. So uh, <laughs> yep. maybe next time I'll have you on, we'll, we'll discuss how we can uh, make that global work equity too. markets. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I knew you'd go right away. Uh, Commod- I'm sorry, that's commodities. But yeah, oh, okay. equities, yes, sorry. It was all real quick, just funny how funny twitches <laughs> off of that. Somehow this came up in a Twitch stream I was doing probably two or three weeks ago. Just to show you how weird this is, I probably had 200 something viewers at the time. 
and somehow stocks and equities came up river and before you knew it my twitch stream was me racing a rally car and the commenters literally having a mad money episode on the on the chat and i was like this is the funniest thing in the world so you never know where that stuff's gonna lead it's it's a wild place you're an entrepreneur and a businessman Parker Kligerman, <laughs> which is one of the reasons we love you hey man thanks again for being here i really appreciate your time thanks for having me man. our thanks again to parker Kligerman for joining us from his sim rig in Stamford, Connecticut. That really was cool that he was talking to us from the same location in which he finished third this past Saturday at Virtual Richmond Raceway. And I mentioned some of these names in the pod, but a thanks again to the NASCAR and NBC NASCAR America production crew that has done a great job with iRacing broadcasts. There are too many names to mention, but you heard a few of them. John Barnes, Sean Page, Brett Castelluccio, Jen Morrison, and Jen Sorry again about forgetting your last name while I was taping with Parker. Also, thanks to Aaron Feldstein and Emily Conboy, who have been very helpful to this podcast and with many technical things in the past. And thanks to the savvy Tess Quinlan, who took the time to ensure I understood how to tape this pod with Zoom for the first time. Thanks to Tess and her never-ending patience. As I said, this went fairly well taping with Zoom, so hopefully more to come on the NASCAR and NBC podcast front in the near future. You know the drill and the rest. The NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Please leave a rating or review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts in particular. That really helps us out. And if you have any feedback, you can send it to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.